I would normally try not to share so many things with you in two years' time, but I figure that I'm going to try to share all I can while I'm here because it may be another two years or so before I see you again. And so I, I, I think some of the best things we can do is just to go through some slides with you quickly. And sometimes pictures speak a lot more than I can speak, a lot faster than I can speak too. But uh, I do want to begin with uh, scriptures. So uh, let's, if we just turn quickly to Hebrews chapter 11, it's one of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. I, I, love, um, I love it so much and believe that uh, uh, it's, it, it, it speaks well of what, what God has been doing. <clears throat> okay. Please change slide. Okay, never mind. Uh, now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. This is Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 through 3. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Um, I, I love the fact that God is a God who takes the things that we can't see and makes them visible at the time that we need them. Our God loves faith so much, and I want to encourage each and every one of you that when you don't see the answer out there, you can always know that he has the answer. And uh, many things that we could not see this year um, happened because we basically did not know uh, God had the answer until it was there. But my faith is just soaring high over the great things that he has done. And we're so thankful for, for the answers that he gave. We're here in May of, last, uh, of 2011. And uh, interestingly enough, in Thailand, uh, and I'll start there. I'm going to cover two countries, so we're going we're gonna to go. Hope you don't get too confused. We used to live in Kenya. Uh, we lived there for 14 years. Uh, on our f uh, first uh, assignment was to the nomadic area of northwestern Kenya. And then um, we uh, moved to Thailand in 1993. We were there uh, for uh, four years. We were in Manila, Philippines for, for almost five years and then back to Thailand again. So please don't get confused if I move between the, the two countries back and forth. But um, I'm not getting... A Okay, if we could change the slide then. Okay, so just to give you a quick uh, review of uh, uh, Thailand here, uh, centered around Cambodia in the south and uh, Laos and to the north and Vietnam over to the, the east and uh, Burma uh, coming down on the uh, other side there. Um, okay, next slide. <laughs> uh, in 2011, uh, August, uh, late August, September, uh, there were some major floods in Thailand. You may have read about them. And uh, we could imagine that uh, no one expected anything like... In fact, no one could remember that there was any kind of... Um, next slide. Any kind of uh, flood of this nature. Bangkok flooded so heavily. And uh, uh, we... Uh, we you know, we're, we're moved to pray and to ask God, what can we do to help? Well, many of the churches, their next slide, uh, began to uh, cook food in their churches, the ones that weren't flooded. Now, you know that some of the churches were too flooded to use, but the ones that weren't, they began to put food together and put them into a boat and, uh, and drive a truck 
all the way out on the road to where the houses were, and then uh, they'd have to stop. The road was flooded. They'd get park the truck there and then float the boat out to people's homes. Now, people could leave their homes. It wasn't a flood like just rushing in. It was a slow-moving flood, so people had some time to prepare. But people didn't want to leave their homes because everything, all of their life's possessions were there, and there was not enough police and army to guard every home. So many people were staying in their homes, yet they were hungry and thirsty. There was no services of any kind. Next slide. And, uh, you know, people had to be evacuated, taken out, the sick and the elderly. Next slide. And then uh, the governor of Bangkok um, uh, tried to work to figure out how are we going to get all this water out of the city. But while he was doing that, he noticed the Christians were out there delivering food to the people. And he was moved in his heart by the fact that they were taking care of the needs of the people. Even, even uh, he didn't see any other groups doing such work like this. And he was impressed. Next slide. So he, he asked the Christians to come during the most important time of the year in the most important place. This is the very spiritual, spiritual area of Thailand where uh, the country houses its spirit that it worships but he asked the christians to come there and worship their god in this place for the first time in history so we had a major breakthrough this is the things that we don't see that god has prepared for all of us we we move according to what he shows us to do we do the things that he asks us to do of obedience but then he goes far beyond our expectations nobody ever thought so there was a uh, a grand worship event there. And interestingly enough, the governor sent air-conditioned buses to the churches to pick the Christians up to bring them there. They love the Christians now in Thailand a lot. So, so we've made a lot of headway there. But part of our ministry is to really help um, the churches in Thailand to reach out to their communities and even, in, even to the government, even pray for government leaders and so forth, why? Because we know that they need the Lord. Everybody needs to know who the Lord is, who Jesus Christ is. So thank the Lord that he opened this door up. Next slide, please. Um, we uh, continue our work in uh, Pattaya, Thailand. Uh, we opened a foundation there a couple of years ago, uh, and uh, we've had funding for it. The funding has come to an end now. And uh, but uh, fortunately, uh, uh, some Thai Christians are going to take it up. So we'll be continuing on with our work. Thank the Lord. Rescue operation in hand again. Something we didn't see or expect. Next slide. But um, we still have our our true friend fellowship church there. This is an outreach in the city of Padia where we uh, open the door to to um, women and, and men uh, who serve in those horrible bars in the city of Pattaya, 1,000 bars in a city uh, area of one kilometer radius and uh, uh, a place where many, many people, again, uh, are victims of a very evil scheme, but God is stronger, God is more powerful, and he's opening the door. So we, we have an afternoon fellowship. Next slide, please. Um, this all began in 2003 when we held banquets and invited those who were in the bars to come out of the bars and experience what, how much they have a Heavenly Father who really loves them. And this was very moving. We thought we would only see a few women come who would ever accept the invitation. But again, 
uh, God saw something more than our eyes could see or our faith would see. And the first night we had 48 women there. The next night he doubled it. And all on the second night came forward to receive the Lord as Savior. It gave us a good problem. (laughs) We had to figure out how we were going to meet the needs of this many who wanted to know Jesus and who wanted to leave that work and come into the saving grace of Jesus Christ and onto a new life. Next slide, please. So we, have, we, we began uh, an afternoon fellowship. We call it True Friend Fellowship. We tried our hardest to turn it into the best church in the world, but it is more like a fellowship where people come, they stay for a while, they get, uh, uh, get uh, to know how much the Father loves them, they learn about the Bible, we, they know how to worship the Lord, they, they learn and discipled in the ministry there that takes care of them and so forth, and then they go out from there. So we do have quite a bit. Sometimes we have 100 people. Sometimes our numbers can drop down to 25. But always we have an afternoon, Sunday afternoon service where people, and it's located right in the bar area so people can come out. And our team goes out to reach out to them. That's next slide, please. Um, also, Dong Tan Beach is another area of Padia as well. Next slide, where uh, people come <clears throat> from the countryside looking for work in the city And uh, they end up with no money, no place to live, so they end up sleeping on this beach. So again, our team over these last two years have been reaching out to them weekly. We take food. Anybody uh, visiting, we we go down there and we, we, uh, we minister to the needs of people in this area. Next slide, please. Our two uh, staff members, uh, CAC on the left and TIP, and Edie's going to give you more details about them later, have been, they were uh, formerly in the bar uh, six or seven, eight years ago now, I guess, came out, became, uh, came to know the Lord as Savior, and now serve in our ministry there. We're so happy to have them there. Next slide, please. And um, uh, again, Edie will share about this. This is about the schools up in the Northeast. We're holding English camps. This is for prevention work we do. Next slide, please. I'm showing you these pictures, but I'm not going to talk because Edie's going to tell you about all of this in a minute. Just next slide. <laughs> okay. Well, the schools up in the Northeast are, are definitely the place where 90% of those uh, young uh, women and, and men come from out of school. They, they are educated to the age of 15, and that's paid for. But as soon, after the age of 15, they have to start paying for their school. And that's where the problem comes because they come from poor families in the northeast so <clears throat> they uh they feel that they can go and make money for their family if they go directly down so uh, to Padia. so our team has been going up there um uh, regularly we've been trying to get one english camp a month and now our name our bridges of hope foundation is well known in the northeast and uh and uh, we have more invitations than we can handle but again, this is prevention, and I will tell you, an ounce of pre- prevention is so true, it's better than a pound of cure. It's more like a gallon <laughs> worth, because uh, if, if all it takes is for you at this age to talk to, talk to these children and say to them, um, continue with your education. Uh, you can provide better for your family. If you get a better education, you'll get a better job. And we have found that, that that really is effective because the mentality is, is that, oh, we're just going to go off and just you know, do what everybody else does and earn money for our family as soon as we can get out of school. So next slide, please. And uh, next slide, please. Yeah, just some of the young people. All come from, from about 90% come from the northeast in that city. Okay, next slide. 
So now, I'm, as I said, I want to shift over to Kenya, another place where we have seen uh, uh, great things we didn't know. Also, at the same time as floods were happening in Thailand, a great famine was, pre- was happening in the area where we used to serve, uh, way up here in the northeast called Turkana um, area, a very hot, dry de- desert, Uganda and Sudan up there in the north. Next slide, please. And... Um, In October, I'm going to tell you a story and a series of events that took place from October 2010. Because uh, this area has always been subject to famine. Years ago, we started, uh, uh, lived there for 14 years, started seven churches. Those churches are now more than 50. And uh, we go back from Thailand at least once a year to, to help encourage the pastors, help to teach and train them and so forth. And and um, in this particular time, we, we got together with uh, pastors from many different churches in this small little town. Next slide, please. Um, <clears throat> and uh, the pastor said, you know, we, we're, we really need God to move so powerfully in our land. We need help here. Uh, our population has doubled. Our land, our people are nomadic. They live off of the land. Their animals live off the land. And yet we're feeding t- more than twice as many people than we did before. And unless the weather changes, unless God's got it in plan that he's going to change the weather pattern up there, we've got to find other ways for food. And so they, we got together to pray. And the pastors felt like, let's write down everything that we believe for this land, everything that we think should, this place should be. And let's, let's put this down as statement of faith. So next slide. So they began to write them down, and we had 14 uh, written down of statements of faith that they believed that this place should be, like Turkana is for Jesus, and Lodwar is for Jesus. These are the towns, and a sovereign country with lots of good potential and plenty of food for everyone, you know. Next slide, please. I wrote, uh, wrote, took them, and I, I put them into a written form uh, because their PowerPoint that they had was a, a blackboard, and so I thought I'd put them on here so you could see them a little more clearly. Anyway, next slide, please. And uh, so they, we, we huddled together there in the church, and they just prayed, Lord, make this be so. Show us what we don't see. Next slide, please. And uh, um, the most The thing that happened that we didn't think would happen, I mean, you've prayed, and then a famine occurs after that in 2011. Nothing happened between the time we prayed and then a famine occurred. Six months, uh, seven, eight months later, and uh, everyone was so discouraged. They thought, oh, does not God hear our prayers? Does not he hear us when we pray? But uh, next slide, please. So we, we uh, moved into action right away. Uh, the, the, the amazing thing for me was is that I was getting uh, uh, information in Thailand from our friends in Kenya saying, Randy, is there anything you can do? This has come upon us very quickly. I said, I'm in Thailand. I don't know how. And I just began to share with my Thai Christian friends there. And within one week's time, they had gathered funds enough for me to fly to Kenya enough money to, to buy a whole truckload of food and to get it out to the people. And I had called in advance. I had, I had food set aside because food was disappearing fast in that whole region up there. And I, because we had a relationship with uh, uh, some of the people up there, they were able to reserve food. A truck was arranged for, a smaller truck for distribution. reason is, is that 
where we used to serve and where the churches are are way far beyond the main distribution areas for food. When the people ran out of food there, and this is something we know, that they are so weak, they will never be able to get into the place where this food is being distributed. And we actually lost 20 people on this famine. There were, the last famine was 20 years ago. And uh, uh, we were involved in that one too, and that was the time that, uh, about the time we left to go to Thailand. Um, but anyway, uh, next slide please. Uh, the Lord provided. Uh, we were able to uh, come back again with a second truckload of food. And again, if, you, if you've ever done any famine work before in, uh, in this area, you'll understand that uh, it, the first month is the critical month. If you can get food to people in that month, they will live. And because it takes that long for the major donor organizations, far beyond our capacity, to bring food in and get it all set up so that it can get out. So this was an emergency relief effort, and we're so thankful uh, for uh, everything. The second truck was provided for by donations that came from here in the U.S., and uh, we're so thankful to be able to have, have helped out in that way. Next slide, please. And uh, food was distributed. Next slide. And uh, everywhere we went, we'd go out to the farthest places to, um, to distribute food, but the people... Everywhere said, Randy, you know, so thankful for this food, but we really need rain. We really want to provide ourselves. We don't want, I don't know if many of you understand when people are in a famine and they're used to living out there, they know how to navigate this land and how to live off of very little. They, they pride themselves in the fact that, that no one else can really do this like they can. So for them, they said, thank you for the food, but let's pray for rain. So that's the thing they need the most. And so we prayed for a next slide, please. And uh, so a next slide, please. And then uh, by September, uh, an amazing thing began to happen. So the famine was in July, I mean August, and then in late September, the rain started to come. Now, it doesn't normally rain at this time. So you know that God had heard our prayers. There were provision was coming. Go next slide, please. And by October, we had grass up to our knees <laughs> in the area. And uh, again, this is when uh, we understand that God has these things for us. Faith uh, that we don't often have and don't often understand. He knows what he's doing. Next slide, please. And then uh, by November, uh, we started to uh, uh, solicit and ask for donations because Preceding the, 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 the famine, there was a huge disease, uh, especially through the central part of Turkana. That's where most of our churches are. And uh, camel disease uh, killed off many of the animals. Um, they, it's not because they don't have good medicine and vaccinations, but, the, but they don't get out to these areas. And a lot of times the camels don't get vaccinated, so many lost their camels. It looks, to me, looks like we're probably holding these people up and robbing their camels, but actually we're giving them camels for everything. Okay, next slide. And um, they, uh, they, they really, I, this is, these are the times that if there was a way I could get every, every one of you there for the moment when they would receive a camel and receive the gift of food like this, this would, be, this would change you for the rest of your life. And, and I always say, God, please, you know, is there a way? <laughs> the best I can do is invite you to come out sometime on a short-term trip. But anyway, let's go to the next uh, slide. And so we were able to get donations now uh, totaling already 57 camels. And uh, one milk camel for, per family was a great uh, encouragement of hope. Hope uh, is, 
is so important. If you lose hope, then you lose the will to live. But these are Christians. They pray, and their hope was restored to them, even though we could not replace all of their animals that they lost. One milk camel was enough to give them strength again and to see their future come back to them. Next slide, please. Well, one interesting thing that happened, you remember we prayed with the pastors in October, and the famine came in the middle of 2011. But in the middle of that time, in March of 2011, something happened that we did not hear about until March of 2011, one year later. And just this last year, March of 2011, we went back there to, to discover that oil... Sorry? Sorry? March of 2012, we went back there, and uh, we landed at the airport, and we got in a cab to go to our our uh, uh, guest house and, uh, and stay in Nairobi. And the taxi driver said, oh, you're going to Turkana. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, you must be here because of the oil. We said, what? What? <laughs> he said, oh, yeah, didn't you hear? Didn't you read in the papers? They've just released the news that they found oil in Turkana. I said, what? <laughs> oil <laughs> in Turkana? Now, what he didn't know and what I knew was that for 30 years, they've been looking for oil in that, in that northwestern uh, region that I was showing you earlier on the map. For th- even when we were living there, big companies would come through with their big equipment searching for oil and no oil. And as we read the article, apparently uh, the last company was a Chinese company. They had been there for three years. They had found no oil and they had pulled out. And an Irish company came in called Tulo Oil, you can look it up on the internet, Tulo Oil, T-U-L-L-O-W, came in and found oil immediately. Not only did they find oil in the first strike, but they found lots of oil, five different locations there. And uh, so, and this road, by the way, there's a little road right in front of it there. Next slide, please. Um, this is the, the road. We, we went down there with the pastors to pray. Uh, we drove by the oil well because it's being guarded by men with big guns you don't want to and they don't look happy when you stop to take pictures so we we drove past and the pastor said randy let's stop and pray right here and give thanks for what god has done they saw those pastors those very pastors who believed god for what he wanted to do in this area wanted to go down and give thanks on location for what this is now um next slide please um, we had a day of, of prayer down there, and we centered it on Isaiah uh, chapter 62 uh, for the, the theme, the, the scripture we use for the day. But the people of Turkana have always felt in the country of Kenya that they were the people looked down upon. They were the poor people. They were the backwards people. They still, the women still wear animal skins for skirts, and the men still carry you know, uh, spears and walking sticks and things like this. And uh, the rest of Kenya is developed and modern, you know, and everything. But they said, the pastor said this. He said, Randy said, we don't know the future of this oil. We know that probably we're not going to receive all of the funds that are going to be generated. By the way, they're building a new pipeline in the area right now. And jobs are being created. But they said the most important thing to us is that now we can say to Kenya that we have something to give back to you. Our land has produced something of great value, and we hope it will help the country. And that's a very good thing. Um, next slide, please. The, um, the pastors 
themselves said this as I was leaving. Uh, this, I was just there in October of uh, 2012. Um, one of the pastors came to me and said, Randy, um, I want you to know something very interesting is happening. The government is coming up weekly to have meetings up in this area to prepare the people for the changes that are coming to the area. Roads, schools are being you know, improved or built, medical education is going to be increasing. All kinds of things are going to change now. And he said that, uh, but I want you to know one thing. The government told us, the government officials have told us and called us pastors together and said this, they will not hold a meeting unless we are there with them on the platform and open every meeting with prayer. <laughs> that is a miracle. Um, the, the government is very smart about this because they know that, that uh, the people up there, that they have treated them poorly in the past, they have not provided for their needs, and now they have this precious gift, but they are going through uh, the church in the, in, in the region uh, to help to bring the right things to the area. So we're hopeful. No, we're not, we're not uh, uh, naive, but we're hopeful that this oil find will help improve the area and the lives of the people greatly. Uh, we've, uh, a, a Christian charity-based organization has been started in the very uh, area uh, where the famine was. It's called Akitunyo uh, Kaekesel. It means empowerment and peace. It's to help the people to be able to earn income for themselves. Next slide, please. So we've started a, a jewelry making, earrings. Um, uh, I wished I had brought some samples to give everyone here today. <laughs> well, not the men, the women, anyway. <laughs> but anyway, uh, uh, next slide, please. And uh, these, these are making necklaces. These are all made out of local materials. So the maximum amount of profit that can be made is doesn't not imported material. So we're, we're working on the marketing side of this. They're going to be sold inside of Kenya, and hopefully we'll get some way of getting them back here to the U.S. And also just, again, the people want to provide for themselves. They want to care for themselves. They want to feed their family from this very... Uh, initiative. We've already sold something. We had 300 earrings or something uh, come out and be sold. We were able to send money back over to the women who made them to buy milk powder for their children. So we've got the, the thing started, but it still needs a lot more work on it. Anyway, next slide, please. That's the last one. Okay. You, all right. Let's turn it off then. I, um, I want to say that the... Um, The ways that, that God has are far beyond our imagination. Sometimes we just don't understand uh, how he can do all of these things that we cannot do. We have, we have uh, prayed so much for this area, both in Thailand and in Kenya, uh, for, uh, for many, many, peop- many, many years and for many, many people to come to know the Lord. I would say in Thailand now, uh, we are seeing a major, major change take place in the city of Padia. And uh, even though uh, people that just come in, they're shocked by what they see there, uh, we can see over a 10-year period that the numbers, the sheer numbers, have gone down. You know, uh, a while back, um, those of you who are on the worship team and those of you who play instruments will be interested to know that we had a a year where we would uh, go into the bars and uh, literally go there and ask the bar owner if we can use his venue to hold our worship and prayer meeting in his bar. And uh, many times, they, some of them, not all of them, allowed us to use their place. 
And uh, again, it wasn't uh, like we were going in there to evangelize necessarily, but we were going in there to honestly to use their venue. Venues uh, are very hard to find. They're usually kind of expensive. And so we just looked over the city and saw, wow, every bar's got all this wonderful, nice worship equipment in it. It's got drums and <laughs> microphones and pianos and everything. So anyway... Um, but we would go there. Many people don't understand why this strategy is so important. And honest answer is we didn't necessarily either. But we sensed that God really wanted us to go in there. And it always, always was good. The, the bar owner got to know us. We got to know them. Uh, people in the bar never left the bar. And we got a chance to talk to them and share with them. And uh, one man who was listening to the music, he goes, what, What's this music? I've never heard this before. And... Uh, and uh, our, 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 our team member said, well, this is God music. <laughs> and, and he says, I love it. it. I can feel it in my heart. <laughs> you know. And so I, I have to say that sometimes we don't understand um, why we do these things or understand this, but we are full of faith that when we get outside and bring the word of God through either the worship or the word, that, um, that people are touched and changed. The interesting thing is, if you've been there for that many years, you will understand that this, these uh, three of the bars out of, I think, we, I think we probably were in seven or eight over a year's time, three, three of the bars are not there anymore. They're literally not even in operation anymore. And um, the land has been sold, used for something else. Uh, we had a new shopping mall built during this time. That took 200 of the bars out right in the center of the city. Uh, we've had the uh, uh, opportunity to uh, put some meaning to the Christmas, to what Christmas really is about, because they have all of these different displays up in the shopping malls, and we get the opportunity and asked by the owners of the shopping malls to come and uh, play Christmas music, is <laughs> what they say. They say, what do you mean? They said, he said, well, you know, we have all these things. We know that the Christians know about, about Christmas, but can you, can you bring your worship team here or your, your band, they called it, and play music? And so we would go there, and they'd set up very, very nice big venue for us and everything and provide um, a nice uh, stage and platform and everything. And we'd get to, sh- we'd get to play the best music and put the meaning <laughs> to, the, to what the Christmas is all about. That brought the mayor of the city out to open the whole event up, and the mayor stayed throughout the whole, the whole uh, time, one hour and 15 minutes. He sat there just so amazed, and he, he, he said to me, he said, uh, Randy, he said, this is the best music I've ever heard. This worship team is excellent. And he said, this helps us tie people to understand who God really is. And I said, would you mind, could we go up and share this with the team up there? Because I thought they, they needed to hear that. So he said, sure. And he said, I want to go up and have my picture with them. So we went up on the platform at the end of the meeting, at end of the concert. And he told them, and then he also got on the microphone and he said this to everyone there. He said, wasn't this the best Christmas program? We want God to be in the center of the city of Patia, <laughs> Thailand. And... Uh, that was amazing. That was amazing. Far beyond, far beyond our own ideas, what we think we could do. God always goes farther than we do. I want to encourage everyone to not just pray, but believe and understand that God loves us so much that even 
when we may not see the answer, it may be difficult to understand what it's going to be, know that he's also preparing things well in advance that you cannot see. And uh, that's, that's truly what has happened in Thailand. And in Kenya, we are so thankful to see uh, that God took uh, this uh, uh, famine and, and used it in a most amazing way this time. Um, uh, as I said earlier, we have seen um, uh, so many uh, things uh, go, go wrong in this area. I mean, we lived there for 14 years. During that time, we had a great road to drive on. Uh, the schools were coming up. Uh, medical and clinics were starting up everywhere. And during that 14 years, things were going well. But after we left, things kind of went down from that time. The road began to deteriorate. There was a great uh, refugee camp set up near the Sudan border for refugees from Sudan and Somalia and other countries. And the camp grew to be 750,000 people. And um, they displaced people. And trucks were hauling food up on this road and destroyed the road completely. And things went down. And again, one would say, God, did you hear my prayer? <laughs> you know, did, you, did you understand what we were... You know, you, many people would question, and we'd say, no, no, he's got a plan. He's going to do something. But no one could understand what it was going to be. There's still much to be done there. There's still everyone will say that, that this is an amazing place. The people still want to be nomadic, but yet they understand that they are going to need, there's going to be changes that are coming. A lot of the young men are going to school now. The children are taking higher education and so forth, and this is really, really wonderful for the area. When we went there in 1979, uh, we uh, studied language. Where I showed you the, uh, the oil well, was, it was at there. Just down that road, about 30 kilometers away, uh, we were studying language there for our first year and living in a village. Didn't really know for sure if we were ever going to be able to see a church arise in this area. Didn't know... Uh, if uh, anyone would listen to our message, there were absolutely no believers among the nomadic community there, about 170, 180,000 people at that time. And nor did we know uh, a strategy of how we were going to plant churches among a people who moved around. But throughout those years, God began to show us year after year after year that everything that, that we had prayed for, everything that we saw, everything that we knew he was going to do, he began to do them right before our eyes. And my Edie will testify and tell you that uh, I got very discouraged over that time. I mean, I got, there were times in there right up to the very end where I said, 14 years is a long time. I would have expected we would have seen much more and, uh, and there would be many more churches and many more believers, and we would have gone deeper into the Word. But what happened was, is that when we left, uh, a few years later, those churches began to multiply, began to grow. And then over the years, we kept getting the reports. And to go back there now is a blessing uh, unlike any others could, could ever hope for. We, um, we see uh, out in these faraway places uh, people uh, singing their Christian songs. Uh, we go there and we hear uh, that they've got a they've got a, a Turkana Bible now, which they didn't have in those days. It's a, not only the New Testament, but now the Old Testament is there as well. 
and uh, the younger uh, generation can read the Bible. So they're reading the Bible to the older generation who never did go to school. And so these are the things that, you know, we don't have time to really explain or tell to you, but we want to share with you that uh, uh, this, is, this is the blessing that comes uh, from the Lord, is to see what you, during those years when you cannot see that you continue to, 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 to share the word, continue to be faithful to all God has told you to do, continue to, to uh, believe that, you know, something good is going to happen. You're going to get discouraged. Sure, you're going to get discouraged, but I want to encourage you with this. He takes all of our prayers. He hears them, and he has an answer for them. And uh, I can say that truly now, looking back on, on all these years, how faithful God has been. The scripture in Hebrews is true. It is so true. Uh, um, by faith. You know, God loves faith. We know that. And um, we always want to see the answer. Absolutely. There's, that's part of who we are. We love to be able to, to see, um, pray, and then see the answer immediately. <laughs> But with God, he knows the timing, and he knows what he's doing. He knows the strategy ahead. He knows what, what, uh, what is going to be the best for, for his people. And uh, so we've learned so many things over this time. We thank the Lord for the word of God. I don't know what we would have done. I don't think we have a strategy beyond that, honestly, because most of the things that we see taking place, we see that he has he'd done in the word of God. He, it, it, it's, it's so... It's so interesting now, uh, especially in Thailand, when a country where we have a 90% Buddhist population, but yet now the young people are starting to, to not go into the Buddhist religion. They're, they're asking questions. They're asking, coming, we've, we've seen several different times now where actually the, the pastors of churches have told us and said, Randy, he said, uh, when we first started this church years ago, it would be amazing if we could see two to three people come to the Lord in one year. He said, now we're seeing that every, uh, every month, uh, at least, on average, three to four, three to four people coming. And, uh, and the, the interest, the understanding, uh, the curiosity of what is all these churches about? What do they do inside those churches? So, so I've had actually had uh, people ask me about uh, our worship that we've done outside in the shopping malls and, and uh, getting out and worshiping God. Uh, different strategy, no, you're probably not going to do that here. But, but in Thailand, actually, it's a good thing to have a religion. It's a good thing to be a Christian there. It's a good thing to tell people you're a Christian. And number two is, is that there is a great curiosity of what Christians do inside of those churches. So naturally, our strategy is to look for what we can do outside. And so uh, up in Bangkok now, uh, we've had a couple of opportunities to get outside. The latest was the Bangkok Cultural Museum, uh, downtown Bangkok. We just had an outdoor concert there, cooperated with a couple of churches, and uh, it was a real breakthrough event. And uh, again, uh, after praying and God doing more than what we asked for, which is what he likes to do, <laughs> on that very night that we were having the event across the street, and there's a walkover, there's a, you know, one of these foot crossings that go over to this other shopping mall, was the top Thai uh, uh, male performing artist having his program going on at the same evening as ours was. His was outside and packed with thousands of people. And the interesting thing was, we didn't know that was happening on that night, but many of those people came over to see ours. 
and we had, a, we had more people than we knew what to do. <laughs> we did not expect this many people to come. But by looking at them firsthand and looking how the music impacted them and the message and the way it was done, I can honestly tell you there is a hunger and a curiosity, a hunger of who God really is. What does it mean to worship the Lord? And what, furthermore, what does it mean to have a relationship with the Lord? These are the things we've never seen before. And uh, we've come to understand that uh, uh, in, this, uh, in Thailand that, uh, as the mayor said, uh, when you worship the Lord, it helps us Thais to understand who God really is. His words were so powerful back then. That was almost three years ago now. Uh, still, I, I, I hear those words and uh, when I see the reaction of the people. So we want to thank you so much, uh, Grace Bible, for uh, joining us, partnering with us for these many years. Um, the Lord has, in these last years, has opened up uh, so many opportunities to us. Edie's going to be sharing in the fellowship hall a little bit from now and sharing with you about opportunities that we'd love to even have a team come out sometime to the schools. But uh, we're so thankful. Uh, these, these breakthroughs and these things that we've seen in this, this, these places, they belong to, to all of us. God has put us together for these purposes and joined us together. Our prayers and our concerns and the things that we want to see in the promotion of the kingdom of God are taking place. And we deeply want, sincerely want to thank you so much for your partnership for all these years. I know that uh, uh, God is going to continue to do great things. And uh, again, even though we may not see the sheer numbers and the sheer changes that, uh, that we can't see right now, we know in the future that God is going to do things that are going to be far greater than we've ever thought that he would do. Shall we pray? Father, we're so thankful for your great love, Lord. And we're thankful, Father, for... Your kindness to all of us, Lord. You are mighty awesome. I thank you, Father, for Thailand, Lord, and that you rescued so many people, Father, from that flood, and that the governor has, has taken note of the Christians for the first time, Lord. May he continue to see that, there, that the goodness of the Lord in the land, Lord. Father, we thank you also for uh, what you've done uh, in Kenya, Lord, and even up in Turkana, that the poorest people, Father, that could be in the whole world, Father, that don't have food from day to day, Lord, that you gave them uh, an amazing oil find up there, Lord, that now is going to change things forever. And, Lord, you have the provisions uh, there that we cannot see. They're like treasures, Lord, that you've placed all around. Things that, th things that have been there for years, Lord, that you're revealing to us now in these, de these last days, Lord. May it be so, Father, that we continue to see a great harvest in the land, Lord, that we continue to see men, women, and children, Father, in all these countries, even here in the U.S., Lord, even in Redwood City, Father, come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior and give their lives to the Lord, Father. You have the plan in mind, Father. We pray that we will be obedient to all that you ask us to do. In Jesus' name, amen.